the road to recovery. You might be cruising down it. A friend or family member lost on it. Or the road is, well, still under construction. Relevant Recovery Radio is about getting to that destination of normal health, mind, or strength. Now, Relevant Recovery Radio, here to give you the keys, Heather and Donnie Mosier. Hello. Hello. Welcome to this week's episode of Relevant Recovery Radio. We're your hosts, Heather and Donnie Mosier. I'm here. Hi. Barely. (laughs) I'm a bit maladacious today, evidently. Well, uh, not a bit. I shouldn't have eaten those carbs this weekend. So I knew you'd regret it, but it's okay. Yeah. Um, so you warned me about we're it. We're so glad you're listening today. Uh, I want to thank our listeners, all eight of them, according to Donnie, which the numbers are out. In well, you said eight, the numbers so. went up, so we have ten. We have ten. <laughs> no, thank you, ten people in Houston for checking more us out. People, no, our numbers are pretty good. Uh, this this show, Relevant Recovery, is sponsored by the Matthews Hope Foundation. We have a two-week detox program inside St. Joseph's Hospital downtown, followed with two years of free recovery support and aftercare that's included in our care model, along with IASIS microcurrent neurofeedback to help you relax. It bathes your brain in energy to help you feel better quicker. It that's re- right. If you go in there with some kind of an addiction, they will beat it out of you or electrocute it out <laughs> no, of you. No, it's oh, that's not how like works. that. Oh. What does a detox it's do? It's a safe medical detox, so it helps you manage your symptoms so you're not suffering. Because some things are very dangerous to detox off of and try to do that yourself. Like what? Alcohol, benzos. You can actually die if, if it's not done properly through seizures and other things. I I knew that, but I wanted you to say it for the people that don't, they don't because know. it was really surprising when I found that out that you can actually die from mm-hmm. a from an alcohol detox. Yeah, you, I didn't you know can that. Die from and alcohol, a lot of people do. Alcohol and benzos detox are way more dangerous than even heroin, even though people think heroin is way harder of a drug or whatever. Like the detox um, is rough, but you'll live. Right. So the only way you can die from a heroin detox is through dehydration because you're losing fluids out of uh, pulse. And so um, that's why. So anyways. So oh. people come in there. Uh-huh. You guys shoot them up full of like morphine or no, something. No, 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 oh. no, no. But you, you give them medicines to help them Absolutely. safely detox. Safely detox and help ease their discomfort to an appropriate level. And then, Any detox is not without discomfort. And they go to some groups and they talk groups. to doctors and nurses and some clinical. They get a counselor. Like Haley. Haley was on last week. She yeah. did really good. They each get assigned a counselor. They get groups every day. Um, Monday through Friday, they get Big Book group. So there's, there's aftercare with you, Melly Mel, and the Nick? And the Nicky Nick. Nicky okay. Boo. He likes that name when Which I call one? him at Nicky Boo. Oh, Nikki Boo. I can't wait to see him tonight. <laughs> I'll let him Nikki know. Boo. Okay. And uh, so we have a wonderful program. And right now I keep track of the data. And so 94% of our active recovery support clients are sober. And Which is outrageous that's an because outrageous the amount. average percent coming out of a rehab is about eight. Right. So I did the stats on that from all successful discharges, period. And okay. I can prove that 33% are currently sober. There's some I can't get a hold of to know. So at least 33% of all of our discharges are sober. That's pretty miraculous. And that I know of, that I can prove. Do you think it's because you threaten them with violence? No, that doesn't even work. It only works with you. It works on you. me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I do stuff when you threaten me with violence. So you do anyways. those pressure point things. So thank Thank you guys for listening. Uh, you're either catching us on KPRC 950. I was going to say other things. You cut me off. Uh, oh, I thought you were pushing me forward. I wasn't. I was trying to get us back on topic, but I was trying to well, finish you... plugging Matthew's Hope, oh. and I wanted to give the listeners our website and phone number before you launched into your bit. Oh, well, you go for it. All you right, go, so girl. Our website is www.mhdrp.org. Don't do it. Dot org. 
herpeter.org. Oh, you did it. <laughs> or you can give us a call at 844-AND-HOPE. That is 844-263-4673. Okay, now you can say your stuff. Okay, and yeah, thanks for listening. You're listening <laughs> to us on KPRC 950 in Houston, <clears throat> Sundays at 1 o'clock Central. Um, KPRC has a pretty cool channel on the iHeartRadio app. You can listen to us live on there if you're not in Houston on Sundays, Sundays at 1. Mm-hmm. Or, or at your convenience, um, our producer Will uploads our show every Sunday afternoon after it airs to iHeartRadio. And we have a, a channel on there called Relevant Recovery Radio. That's right. And or so you, can, you can follow us on Facebook or Instagram. Just search at Relevant Recovery Radio. Is anybody sending you messages there? No, I get no messages. Listen, I'm I'm asking you. Here's what I'm asking you to do. Here's what I want to know how many people here listening really listen. So here's what I challenge you to do. I want to see who can ask Heather the stupidest question on Facebook. So please message the channel. No, not even stupid. Don't even I'm going to give an stupid. award for the stupidest question here's or the, the most thing. outrageous question. If we question get you can questions from listeners, um, we will answer them on the next podcast. Even like philosophical. Or spiritual. Scientific. Mm-hmm. About addiction. Send us questions right. about addiction and we will answer them. Your Metaphysical. Question. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So anyways, let's get to the topic today. That was a really long intro. It was. Good grief, Donnie. I know. I, I really am. I really am off. So this weekend. Oh, I know it. So Friday night, <laughs> Heather and I went to a very nice dinner with a couple of friends. Yeah. Um, Heather has only been to a handful of nice dinners in her whole life. Yeah. I didn't know <clears throat> that nice dinners, like the cloth napkin and there's like multiple forks and there's not a drive through Like, <laughs> oh I'm just God. blown away by what Houston has to offer my life. <laughs> oh, this is what happens when you marry someone from Oklahoma. We have two minutes till break. Okay. So finish well, what so, you're saying. Anyway, um, so Friday night we got to a nice dinner with friends. Heather's only been to a handful of those. Because when I try to ask you out, you were getting upset with me for a bit. But no, I don't think you're really getting upset. But in my job, I get asked out to dinner by salespeople all the time or out to lunch. And yeah. I go to a nice place and you're like, why don't I get to go? So anyways, because you always want to go to Chick-fil-A. Yes. You love Chick-fil-A. Yes, and it's so much cheaper. (laughs) So we went to a nice dinner. I have been eating keto, and I mean clean, 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 almost like... Like super strict keto. Very, um, to where I have probably less than five carbs a day. I mean, just... Yeah. For Um, for over a year. For right about a year. Mm -hmm. Uh, No cheats. And he Uh, cheated. He cheated this weekend and ate a whole cake thing. so good. Um, molten lava ice cream cake. But because I figured like it was like a moment, right? No, I we knew were... it would take days for you to start paying that spiritual price oh. because your body is trying to get back into keto. Yeah. So I've just been off. This is the thing that people always th- assume that I'm on it for weight, which is probably a good assumption. I'm really on keto because carbs really just mess me up spiritually, emotionally, mentally. Like it's crazy. This You've is seen truth. It. This You've is gospel it. right now. Like you are not... A good person on carbs. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't know about that. Yeah. But I'm extra. I don't care. You're extra, period. But you're extra. <laughs> I don't care on carbs. <laughs> like, think about it. You've texted me a few questions over the last couple of days. I'm like, I don't care. <laughs> yeah, stop bothering me. Yeah. Why are you talking to me? Just, trying to pray to God right now, Heather. Can you ask me later? I'm like, geez. Just the idea that I wouldn't have an opinion is crazy enough. All right. We will be right <laughs> back and we'll actually get into a real topic. Don't go anywhere.
Welcome back. You're listening to Relevant Recovery Radio with Heather Mosier and Maladacious Donnie. <laughs> it's going wonderful today. Uh, so let's get, jump into our topic, though, because this is going to be back to basics. Here's, yeah. here's the thing we about... We haven't talked about this in a while. We haven't talked about it in a couple months. We re- revisit this every couple months on the podcast, but... Um, if you never listen to any other podcast of ours ever, ever, this is the one that I want people to hear and receive and absorb. Because what we're going to talk about today is back to basics on addiction, on alcoholism, on just the basic things that we hope to educate the public on so that recovery can be possible and you know what type of help you need or don't need. Right. There's just so much bad like, information in society. What is an alcoholic slash drug addict? Right. Am I an alcoholic slash drug addict? Who needs a 12-step program? Who's powerless? Who's you do. not? You do too. I do. I need a number <laughs> of them. But I'm just saying like, this is the reason I do this podcast is yeah. for episodes like today because I this information... Educating people on this information means more to me than anything else. I know we have fun and we have guests and we talk about kinds of stuff, but this is the this is the meat and potatoes of this. Are we going to follow the book in our heads? Are we going to start off with XXV, Triple I, work our way to 2021, and then go to 44 and close it out? I have no idea how. Um, that might, Yeah, we can do that. I have a couple other things like 34, 24 like and 34. Like what we used to do at the park. So I think that here's the deal. When I had failed to stay sober for a multitude of years and a multitude of treatments and everything. I didn't know why I couldn't stay sober. And it wasn't until I landed in rehab number four and rehab number five that I was given the education about chronic addiction. And it doesn't matter if it's alcohol or drugs or benzos or kratom or things prescribed to you. Like the substance doesn't actually matter. So even if I mention drugs or Donnie mentions alcohol and yours is p- pills that's prescribed to you and you're listening or it's kratom or it's or it's legal in a head shop or whatever, it doesn't matter. You're not different if you have the same two symptoms that Donnie and I do. What are those? So the first symptom is called the physical allergy. And so... The book goes into, our literature goes into great detail about it, but I want to talk about what we mean by an allergy first. Mm-hmm. So when the literature talks- And the question we ask people is, if when you have this in your body, you have little to no control over, over the, the amount, amount you, you take. take. And right. so think about the way that you get loaded, the whatever it is you like to use. What happens is when you put it in your body, you're exposed to something. And if you're allergic- then it's going to set off what we call the phenomenon of craving. Mm-hmm. This just means you think you need more. And so, or, or there's no thinking involved. Right. You just keep going. Because when I would be drinking, when I, the allergy hits me. You drink to oblivion. Right. Because I had all kinds of thoughts of two shots and I'm going home. Just one beer just have, at happy hour. Yeah, a few beer. Well, never one. I, I don't think I ever went in for one. But some people do. And I want to correlate that to our listeners. Well, they're like, stupid. Because <laughs> there's no way you're having one. What That's I'm a saying waste is of the time. amount doesn't matter. How often doesn't matter. What right. it is doesn't matter. The right. point is, is when you put it, you take your one Loratab pill or your one Benzo pill or whatever it is. Yeah. It, if you're allergic type, like me and Donnie, then what it, you're having a phenomenon of craving. And with me, I, my addiction started with opiates. So that's why I'm speaking from experience of I thought it was a tolerance issue. I thought I needed more than what was being prescribed to me, and I felt justified in taking more than prescribed to me. Mm-hmm. I was delusional. I thought it was a tolerance issue. I had no knowledge of the physical allergy. I had no knowledge that my body metabolically was different, and I metabolized it differently than normal people. Normal people is about 85% of the population, right? So there's a small percentage of us that have this allergic reaction, 
meaning when we put it in our body, we crave more. And and when it's not in our body, we don't. Right. And so that's where clinical or medical language... Well, don't get into that because you're just going to no, confuse people. No, but I just want to say in the 12-step world, the craving is the allergic reaction. So that Correct. means you've been exposed or consumed the thing that you're allergic to, and drugs or alcohol. What, and here's what we mean. is so. If you're 30, 60, uh, 90 days sober, you can't be experiencing a craving. It's not in your body yet. Right. So as an alcoholic, if I go out now and I put a drink in my body... Yeah. As soon as that alcohol hits my throat, as soon as my body recognizes what it is, mm -hmm. I'm going to want drink number two more, more than I wanted drink number one. And the phenomenon builds. I'm going to want drink number three more than I even wanted drink number two. And, and that's builds. that craving that just builds inside of us. The more you put in, the more it wants. And it's like this monster you just can't give and enough. And here's what's really weird about this allergy. This is why cross addiction, swapping substances is a huge thing that goes over people's radars. People come in our detox all the time like, I haven't touched heroin in 20 years. No, Bob, but you drank for the last 20. <laughs> I used to do the same. When, <laughs> I, when I had an in my 30s, I knew I had a drinking problem, mm -hmm. but I would always try and prove that I didn't. Yeah. So what I would do is I would drink, and I'm talking like a handle in a day and a half. But again, it doesn't matter the amount. But I would drink a lot until it started to impair me, right. like whether I was drinking or not impair me. Some symptoms. So what I would do is I'd be like, you know what? I'm done drinking. I'm going to show you I'm not an alcoholic, and I would put the alcohol down. But? But I would smoke enough weed throughout the day that I could knock down a full-grown elephant. Right. And that's my, my point. Like, for, But I would be like, hey, I'm not drinking, so, so I'm that's not an alcoholic. That's an example of the allergy for you because you're still yeah. just swapping for a different substance. And so here's an example for me. And there's multiple examples. Everybody thinks they're different, but it's just not. Here's, here's how it's yeah. the same. For me, <laughs> when I was trying to stay sober off drugs... I didn't think alcohol was a problem, and so I would try to just like get through the day with, with a, a little alcohol here and there, right? <laughs> and what I didn't know is the alcohol was triggering my allergy, which was taking me back to heroin every time. And right. so, so at here, the, like Adam T. says, so at the bottom of every glass was an opiate for you. For me. And so here's another way to look at it. I did a lot of meth. I abused, what? I abused Adderall. Right. And then meth and crank in the Are 90s. You a drug and all that. Addict? Yeah. Listen, though, I'm trying to get to a good point. Oh, OK. Because I'm allergic to methamphetamine. That means I have an allergic reaction. I crave your more. brain recognizes my it. brain yeah. recognizes it. So what that means is when I take a Sudafed or a Claritin D with pseudoephedrine in it, my brain doesn't know the difference between a little bit of meth or a pseudoephedrine. And it still sets off that phenomenon of craving. And I experienced that when I was nine months sober, not knowing I couldn't take Sudafed. And so what I'm saying is, is people think, oh, I've never abused Sudafed. I can take it just fine. No, that doesn't mean that. <laughs> you might set off the allergy, and that can be very dangerous if you're Or I've chronic. never abused Adderall. My doctor says I have ADD, so I better go ahead and I, take them. Yeah, I just want to get sober off alcohol. I still need to take the Adderall. Nope. Uh, not if you have this allergic reaction. Everybody's right. different. There may be some people that don't have it, whatever, but we see more often than not allergic types are allergic to multiple substances, even if they don't identify with that being their drug of choice. Correct. And so I was blown away when the physical allergy was explained to me because here I was being an opiate addict for years, trying to do the Suboxone and trying to do this and trying to taper down and all, all these things fail. I had no clue why I was triggering the allergy the entire time with either Suboxone or a Benzo or well, alcohol. And I want to touch on that real quick because we do see that in the 12-step rooms a lot. We see a lot of people that chemical hop let's call it that yeah they well i gotta try this one or i have to have this one or i need the chemical hop mm -hmm. 
And in our literature, it says the delusion that we are like other people or presently maybe has to be smashed. Mm -hmm. And what that means is that, okay, you know that I have a bad back and I have bad joints, right? Yeah, because you're old. I'm old. Mm Mm-hmm. And everybody tells me to take CBD, but why don't I take CBD? Because you're allergic to THC. Because I smoked weed for 26 years every day. And what I'm afraid of is that if I put that CBD that may have 0.001% THC in it. That it'll trigger your allergy. And I got to be careful of that. So I don't have a delusion. It's Mm -hmm. been smashed. I'm not like other people. So therefore, because weed was one of my deals, I can't Right. And I think that that's, here's the way I I phrase it. I mean, I can't take CBD. Right. A lot of people do have maybe physical or mental health issues that are legit. I'm not saying they don't exist and they don't need treatment for it. But if you're a chronic addict with the allergy issue, Mm -hmm. then that illness supersedes any physical or emotional or mental health condition. In other words, normal people can go get prescribed Klonopin, for instance, for panic attacks. But if you're a chronic alcoholic, you can't. Right. It will trigger your allergy. You will never maintain sobriety. And so understanding the allergy. And is the allergy guaranteed? Let me ask you this. We're going to talk about allergy and we're going to talk about a mental defect, right? When we come back, we're going to talk about if I have the mental, can I have the allergy? Does everybody have the allergy? We're going to talk a little bit about that. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Relevant Recovery Radio. I don't like your radio voice. Welcome back. I don't like your regular voice either. <laughs> you just don't like my voice. Welcome back to Relevant Recovery Radio with Heather and Donnie. Um, so we're in studio and there's evidently people taking a tour and somebody was, there was like 15 you people just outside our window. Yeah, I want you to rephrase off. Okay, what so you're saying. Here's what I was talking about. So we have, I think, an adequate de- description of the allergy. Now, right? yes. Okay. Our audience should understand when I put it in, the allergic reaction is the craving. And you can only experience that once you've put it in. Yes. Right. And this is a two-part disease, illness. Yes. The book that we follow calls it an illness, period. And there is the allergy and the obsession, the physical and the mental aspect. So we've just only described one half, which is the physical, which but, is the allergy. Mm-hmm. And, and maybe we, we cover it for the, the end. Maybe we cover it to, at the end. But what I want to, the, the question I want to pose and you decide when we answer it is, can I have one without the other? And you know where I'm getting at, right? Mm-hmm. So I can have the physical without the mental, and but can I have can't the, have the mental without the physical. Uh, maybe. Well. Maybe. All right. So tell me about the peculiar mental twist okay yes so, the thought that precedes the first drink so Tell let's me this get into stuff. the second symptom of chronic addiction or chronic alcoholism so we already talked about the allergy and if that's the only problem you or i had that when we consumed we consumed too much and couldn't control the amount if that was yeah. our only problem you and i would have a couple buffooneries or mistakes and we'd be like hey i can't do that right like we just put it down forever and so if we look at in context here's the thing i kept returning to the drink or the drug. Yeah. No matter how much harm it did. Even when I was sober. So here's the thing. The literature calls it five different phrases. It calls it the mental obsession. No, the fellowship calls it the mental obsession. The book calls it peculiar mental twist, mental blank spot, 
insanity or no choice. And so this whole question is about have I lost the power of choice? Do I have a choice about whether or not I'm going to drink or do drugs? Mm -hmm. And here's what's crazy. I would have always told you, I absolutely do. I just got to- sure. Me too. I just got to get my life right, or I got to get a roof over my head. When are you going to do that, by the way? We should talk about that on the next episode. When is Heather going to get her life right? right? Oh, okay. But here's the thing. Look at your experience with, with the drink or the drug. Yeah. When If you have this symptom, I call it the insanity. The fellowship calls it the mental obsession. But all it really means is that you have, I have insane thinking that precedes the first drink or drug. So this is sober. And and so for in layman's terms, this insane thinking is- that even though I want, I walk into a bar for two drinks and drink until 2 a.m. when it closes, even though I walked in there with like 100% honest intention of having a couple, I end up with many. No, that's the even allergy. Though, hold on. Even though my drinking has caused consequences, even though all of these things have happened and I have lots of reasons not to drink, that's one. The other is that I start to see that no matter how much I want to, I can't stop. Right. So there's a spectrum to it. There's an idea that I'm, I'm going to control it this time, even though my experience shows me I'm not going to. You're not good at it. So I think of it this way, right. because this symptom, the insanity symptom, the lack of choice, this is the hardest one to explain properly. And I like to stick to the phrases the, the literature uses, because our fellowship uses all kinds of different phrases and it gets everybody confused. And especially when you dive into clin clinical or mental, right? Yeah. If I'm sober... Yeah. If I don't have a drink or a drug in my body, according to 12-step language, you cannot experience the craving because we already talked about that being the allergic <clears throat> you reaction. You can't have the allergy, right, without it in your body. Right. And so we're talking about- Just like about, I can't have a peanut allergy if I haven't put peanuts in my body. Right. Same thing. You're not okay. going to have anaphylactic shock until you put the peanuts in. I'm not going right. to have hives until the bee stings me. It right. has to happen. And so any time preceding that, this is the insanity. This is the delusional area. And so look at your life. Yeah. Here's how you know you have it or don't. Has life given you a sufficiently good reason to leave it alone? Right. Has something happened in your life? And I don't care what it is. Maybe the family's on you. Maybe it's a legal consequence. It's affected your job, maybe, DWI. Maybe, <laughs> maybe it's your health, right? But, here's how you know you're an alcoholic. If you get a DWI and you blame the police or your route home... <laughs> Or anything but the alcohol that you drank. Yeah. I have one call me that she got arrested for DWI, but it wasn't her fault because she had actually stopped to help someone who was broken down. Oh, I remember that. And I'm like, but you were going home from a bar drunk, bro. Like, Yeah, if you get a DWI and blame everything but, but the alcohol, you, you might have a problem. And so here's the thing. If life has given you a good reason to leave drugs or alcohol alone because yeah. they're causing any sort of problem or consequence, and then you still put it back in your body again later, that's insanity. Yeah, you're not stupid. No, but that's just not a rational decision that a normal person or a non-alcoholic makes. And the reason it's insane, you know, that definition that they always give, like doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. That's and at some point in alcoholism and, and drug addiction, at some point, you repeat the same thing over and over knowing it's not going to change. That's why people always say, I'll say, do you know the definition of insanity in the 12-step world? And people always say, yeah, doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. And I say, no, no, <laughs> because sometimes you know the result is bad I know. and I'm you just still gonna do, do it. it. Anyway. And so that's yeah. what I want to explain when we're talking about this symptom of insanity, this insane thinking that precedes the first drink, there's a whole spectrum of it. If you are early in your drinking or drugging career and mm -hmm. it hasn't gotten that bad yet, listeners, mm -hmm. then you still, your mental obsession, your insanity will sound like this. 
you're still trying to find ways to control and enjoy something. So you're thinking, well, I can have a beer after I mow the yard. Not a big deal. Or you're thinking, I I work hard for my money. I deserve to relax on the weekends. I can buy a quarter bag. Or you're thinking... It's prescribed to me. It's fine. Or you're thinking, if you had my traumatic life, you you would drink too. Or if you worked for the guy I worked for. Or if you were married to the guy I'm married to. <laughs> Wait a minute. Your life's a dream. So my point is, your brain is lying to you. You don't do drugs very well. Or drink. Or drink very That's well. Right. Whatever it is. And so the fact that you think this time will be different, that you're going to be able to control and enjoy it, is a delusion. Yeah. And so here's the truth. I bet you, listeners, that if you're trying to control it, you're not really enjoying it. And if you're enjoying it, you're not really controlling it. Now, that's early. Early in the stages of your drinking or drugging career. Yeah. yeah. Later, later as the illness progresses, if you don't get help, it becomes... <laughs> what I call the screw it button. Yeah. Like you absolutely know bad stuff's going to happen. You're going to get arrested again. You're not going to see your kids. You're not going to be clean when you go to court, whatever it is. Right. And you still can't not do it. You do it anyway. You have a story that is probably one of my favorite ever about that. When I lost my kids. Yeah. So here's the, here's a, here's an example of the mental obsession. I am a few years in, uh, or no, I was six months in to my drug addiction at that time. And I was living in a trap house, you know, high standards. So <laughs> in Oklahoma, in let Oklahoma. Me, let's, let's start so, there. That was the first poor choice. So listen, so my children's father was taking me to court for custody and uh, my kids never- And you had, I want to say this though, because thing, you though. were smart, but here's the thing. You were smart. You knew you were going to dive off into drugs. You knew what was coming. You saw the wave and you gave your kids to your ex and said, hey- Keep them I'm for in a, me. I'm in a bad place. I'm going to need you to take care of them. So and, you were a smart mom. So they, I want to give that they part They never to saw you. me on heroin, and I'm grateful yeah. for that. But yeah. um, <clears throat> So he had them, and so he immediately filed for custody and all that. And so I just remember this court date was coming up, and uh, it was just six months in, and I was way not sober. And I just remember thinking, okay, seven days before court, because I'm just thinking like a urine test. I'm not thinking a hair follicle or anything like that. I'm thinking a urine test. So seven days before court's when I'll quit. Well, day seven would come and go. And I said, okay, six days before court. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, I failed there. Okay, five days before court. Okay, four days before court. And I couldn't. And so you couldn't not do I it. I couldn't not do it. And I loved my kids more than heroin. It was so conse- baffling. But and you had consequences facing you. Huge, huge consequences. consequences. And I couldn't not do it. And I'm like, what is going on? And so here's the saddest part of the story. My dad picks me up from a horrible trap house to take me to court. Yeah, um, to lose your kids. To lose my kids. And I know that. I'm not trying to get them back. I'm trying. Right. I'm, I'm not trying. You're trying to keep them safe. I'm trying to keep them safe, but I ask my dad. I'm still to this day don't know if he knows. He probably suspects. But in the in the parking lot of the courthouse, mm-hmm. I asked him to get out of his truck and walk around to the side so that I could shoot up a shot of heroin before I went in to lose custody of my children. Like the worst possible place, time. <laughs> I mean, and and you would say that what a horrible decision, but it wasn't. It's I not a choice. I didn't have a decision. Correct. That's I, our point. My point is, I had no choice. I was insane. You had every reason to not do it. You had every consequence facing you, mm-hmm. and the problem is that they did not have sufficient force or power, and that is to keep you from doing. That it. is the nature of chronic addiction or chronic alcoholism right. is a lack of choice. And so, if our family members are listening and they're like, "Why can't you just stop?" or "Why you know 
what find your rock bottom. I absolutely hate it when a client at the detox will say, I'm not going to relapse again. Relapse isn't a choice for me. You don't know what I, uh, you know, relapse <laughs> is not an option. You don't know what I got well, going on. Well, those people are 100% going to and relapse. And I said, not only is it an option, it's guaranteed if you're like me. Yeah. Guaranteed yeah. if you're like thousand me. percent. And so if you can stay sober based on motivation or consequences, then you're not chronic. Just go live a sober life. Right. Then just go stop drinking because drinking <laughs> just, was the problem and move yeah, on. Yeah, just stop. And that's, that's another thing, too, is that that's where the 12-step world comes in. Yeah. Because I thought the problem was my drinking. It's, right? not, it's not for crying. <clears throat> and I think in the back of my mind, I really thought that if I could ever quit drinking, my life will get better. The problem is the, the drinking was sort of a solution for my spiritual mental condition. Right. Right. And so when I went into 12-step fellowship and quit drinking... That's when the problem started. Yeah, let's take a quick break and let's dive into that problem as soon as we come back from this break. listening to Relevant Recovery Radio with Heather and Donnie Mosier, and we're talking about addiction basics, back to basics yeah. today. We're talking about the allergy and the obsession, um, basically. The two wh- things that define me as an alcoholic. Right. And so if I don't have that insanity, in other words, I haven't lost the power of choice, then I'm just going to be able to choose to be sober. I'm not going to have these insane thoughts that take me back to different substances over and over and over in my life. Okay, so this goes back to the question I had earlier, right? Mm-hmm. So now we know that allergy, uh, if I have the allergy, that means when I put a substance in my body, once that substance is in, I want the next more than the, the last. I want the next more than the last. This craving builds and I want more, more, more. And basically my brain shuts down and the physical body takes over. And does it go along? You just don't have control over the amount 100% of the time. So this is why the six pack doesn't last you all weekend like you said it would. This mm-hmm. is why the 30 pills do not last you 30 days. This is why the right. eight ball doesn't last all weekend. You, you, you don't have control over the amount once you start. So, that's the physical aspect of this illness. Now, the mental aspect is no matter how bad the consequences, I can't leave it alone. Can't stay stopped. You can <clears throat> stop. You can't stay stopped. You will return to a substance, even though it's an insane idea, eventually. And here's the question I had. If I have a physical and a mental aspect, can I have one without the other? Will it matter? And here's my answer. If I have the physical allergy, number one, once I have it, I have it for life. It never, never goes, goes away. away. And there's no medical treatment, no medication, no, no psychological treatment or therapy that undoes the allergy. You'll have it till the day you die. So will I. Can I have the allergy without the obsession? Yes, I did. There you go. And that was my question. So how do we know that? Well, the reason we know that is you went without a drink or a drug for 13, 13 years. 13 years. I had the allergy always. I was 14-year-old Heather not having any control over the amount I drank, but I was able to choose at 18 to walk away from all drugs and alcohol until I was about 29 years old. So if you're that person who has the allergy, and how do you know it? Well, you know it, right? You're the one that goes to the barbecue and always gets drunker than everybody else, always gets too messed up. Embarrassing your wife. 
Right, but it's only when you drink. When you're not drinking, you're not a problem. So here's and you the may challenge. Not, and you may not drink, but once or twice a month, no big deal, right? Here's the so challenge. there's your physical. Cut it out. See if you can leave alcohol or drugs alone for anything like a year. And I don't mean swapping it to a different substance. I mean abstinence. Sober for a year. Sober for a year. Okay, so now let's talk about the other. So that's the physical. So if I have it, once I have it, that's it. I have mm-hmm. it for the rest of my life. Now this mental the insanity right this is the crux of the problem this is what defines chronic and here's how i know so if i have the physical and not the mental there's no problem what that means is that i can just leave it alone just not a big deal so even if i do have a problem drinking when i'm drinking i just leave it alone if you don't have the insanity you'll just leave it alone and there's no problem but i can't have the mental without the physical because I may think of a drink all the time, but it doesn't matter because I'll just have one or two and stop. Right. So that's the point. If you only have the mental obsession, the insanity, which means you keep returning to drinks or drugs, but you don't have the allergy, then this just means you have complete control each time. So you have one drink or you take your pills as to right. pass so it's prescribed. Not, it's not really possible to have one without the other unless you're talking about the allergy. Right. And so if that's true then you have choice. You'd leave it alone or flip it. You have control, so there's no problem. And and here's the real problem that I want people to understand, that all of this is operating beneath the surface. Yeah, all you of this is operating. Yeah, of this. It's operating in the back of my mind where I don't even know it's there. Yeah. Um, I can remember in the latter days of my drinking that we used to do this happy hour on Thursdays, and I had gotten in trouble by my boss. I had had a talking to, like, hey, you're kind of embarrassing. Like, I was not drinking well. Yeah. But I remember thinking, okay, and, and by the way, my ex-wife was not very happy with me either because I'm coming home at 3 o'clock in the morning on a Thursday night and she's got to go to work the next day. Yeah. And I didn't come home pretty, trust me. So 3.30 comes around, I'm already thinking about going, I'm ready to go. You know what? I'm going to head over at 4, right? Because I want to you know, kind of get there early so I can go home early. This is the idea in my head. I'm going to go home early. Your and intentions were good. You know what else? Jaeger. That was the problem? Jaegermeister was the... You know what? They do those stupid Jaeger bombs, Vegas bombs. I'm not doing it. That's the problem. It's shots. So we're not going to do that. No so, shots. Just stick to beer. I walk out of the office thinking, cool, I'm going to go over there. I'm going to have a couple of Coronas. Not a big deal. And I get in my truck and I drive over a couple of Coronas. No shots, Donnie. Donnie, no shots. Donnie, no, no shots. shots. You Donnie. know what? No shots. I get out of the truck and I'm still thinking, you know what? I'm not going to do shots. So today's going to be a good day. Yeah, you're just going to drink beer and you're going to go home early. And if you put me on a lie detector at this moment, I'm telling the truth. I really mean this. I'm just going to go in and have a couple of Coronas and go home. Mm-hmm. I, with every bit of my heart, I believe this. And I get in there and I get up to the bar. And of course, I order two Coronas because you don't know when the waitress is coming by. Right, right. Reasonable. Yeah. I get my Coronas and I go sit down with everybody there. And I have my first Corona. Sip, sip. And somebody comes over and they're like, y'all want to do Jaeger shots? Yeah! <laughs> I'm all in. I'm all in, and here we go again, and I don't get home till 3 a.m., and I don't know how it happened because I went in there with the full intention of having a couple of beers. The problem is is that once I put the alcohol in my system, mm-hmm. I don't get to make the choice. But see, that's the allergy. And so back up. It was the insane idea that you're going to go to the bar and just have two beers. Right, you right. delusionally believed that you could successfully right. do that. Because I hadn't been able to do that I since I was in my you, 20s. There are people that intend to take their prescriptions exactly as prescribed. That's and they right. fail to do it. And they fail to do it. And they fail to do it. And, and they're, they're chopping up their Adderall and snorting <laughs> it and can't figure out how they got I'm there again. I'm just saying they don't understand that this is the insanity of it. Look at your drinking or drugging experiences. Here's what's really possible is that early on, maybe 10, 15, 20 years ago, you didn't have either one of these symptoms. Right. 
But later in your drinking career, as the literature calls it, you develop the physical allergy and the insanity later. I, I was 30. You know what else I love is what our friend Oliver says. Do you remember what he said about that? Huh. He's like, here I am. I'm 38 and I can't quit drinking. But when I walk into the bar with the delusion that I'm going to have two, what I remember is that time 18 back when old. I was 24 years old and I could control. I remember that time. I went yeah. in there and I controlled it. But so I'm good. What, but this is like 10 years later. But that's what your insane brain always does. Your insane yeah. brain will always hang your hat on the few examples that you can give of when you were in control or enjoying it. Right. And X out the 150 that I couldn't. Right. And this is a progressive illness. These symptoms, once you develop them, they get worse, never better. I can never take alcohol in, and I love the way our book says it, in any form, any form. for the rest of my life. It says the only program we have to offer is entire abstinence. And what that means is that I can't put in anything that's going to change the way I feel without precaution. Yeah. I recently hurt my back. Yes, you and did. You and, and it wasn't me this time. This, Yeah, this time it wasn't uh, <laughs> domestic abuse. But you and I are so cautious. You had a surgery. I've had a Like, this is what we have to do, folks, when we, because we have the allergy, because we are alcoholic you will experience addicts. experience the allergy. Here's, here's the danger. Is that when I get a prescription at home that's going to change the way I feel, I am very accountable to Heather. Yeah. Heather is either going to give it to me. She's checking. Like, we are accountable to each other. Why? Because even though pills were never my jam... It'll ignite the allergy. And it did. Yes. And by the end, Heather's like, okay, so you, how are you? Is it kicking yet? And like by day two, it wasn't. But by day three, it was. And that's when I was like, you know what? I'm When done. I had my surgery, I experienced the allergy. And I told you by day nine, we got to flush everything. I'm yeah. thinking about it. You know? Yeah. And so here's what I want our listeners to know. You're like, oh, this is great information. Now I understand the two symptoms. Cool. Hey, self-knowledge avails you nothing. That's right. You got to do something about nothing. it. Nothing. You have to do something about it. Yeah. Because... What we had to do is we found freedom from these symptoms in the 12-step world. That's right. And so Donnie and I worked the 12 steps. We got connected to power that removed our insane thinking. And if, so you, if you think you're an alcoholic, go to aa.org. Mm -hmm. You can get hooked up with some people, some meetings. There's a lot of references there. If you think you're a drug addict, you can go to Narcotics Anonymous. Yeah. And if you're in Houston, you, you know, you can go to aahouston.org uh, for meetings in your area. Too. Right. It, it doesn't matter what your jam is. There's Cocaine Anonymous, Meth Anonymous, Marijuana Anonymous. There's I mean, DAA, which is Drug Addicts Anonymous. Yeah, there's a 12-step there's so fellowship. No matter what your gym is. There's jam one is. out there for you. Mm -hmm. So And so that was the freedom I found because that's the promise that the 12 steps make. Here here I was five years sober, spiritually fit. I have the mental obsession removed because mm -hmm. that's what happens by the time you get to step 10. Um, but I had the surgery. I still experienced the allergy. No matter what. No matter what. What didn't return because I was in a spiritually fit place was the mental obsession. And and so that's the deal is that when you and I both, now I've had to be on mind-altering chemicals three times in nine years of my sobriety. You've had to be on once or twice. Just once. And here is the difference, folks, is that even though the allergy is going to kick after a day or two, when it, we had to flush them, when it's time for them to go, by the way, we don't keep them in our house. No. We didn't want them anymore because that obsession was removed by the 12 steps in God. Yeah. A week later, I'm not like under bisonette, like looking for stuff, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so thank you for listening. This has been a great episode. We are back to basics with what is an alcoholic. Don't forget those who stand for nothing will fall for anything. Hashtag God, though.